Thank you for checking out the podcast of Eastern Assembly of God in Baltimore, Maryland. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at www.easternassembly.org. Well, you can pull your notes. There are notes in your bulletin. You can also take notes on your phone through our church app. You don't know how to download that, see one of us. There are various ways. I encourage you to take notes. It helps you to pay attention, or you can just listen. And we are on a series that we started a few weeks ago called Free Indeed. And I want to remind you of our scripture passage. Our main text for this series is John 8, 36. And it says this. Get ready to help me with the last two words. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free. Galatians 5.1 repeats that truth. It says this, it is for freedom that Jesus has set us free. Okay, how many of you believe that Jesus purchased your freedom through his cross and resurrection? Okay, but listen, even though he purchased it, it's up to you to receive it and walk in it. Amen? John 8, 32 says, you'll know the truth, the truth of what Jesus has done, and the truth will what? Help me, church. Set you free. So here's a question I want to ask you today, and we have a journey we're going to take with this. How much bondage can the devil put a Christian in? Now, we know that if you're unsaved, if you don't know Jesus, You can go all the way to being demon-possessed because you you have no barrier, you have no defense, really, if if you're unsaved because Jesus is the only defense system from the works of darkness. Are you listening today? Amen? So, but what about for a Christian? Okay, so we know when you get saved, the Holy Spirit moves in your spirit, man, so you can't be demon-possessed because the Holy Spirit lives there now. But you also have a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions that are subject to attack. You listen? Ephesians 4.27 says this. Don't give the devil a foothold. Now, why do you think the Bible instructs us not to even let the devil get his foot in the door? Because God knows the devil will never be satisfied with just his foot in the door. Once he gets his foot in the door, he wants the whole room. Are you with me? So how much bondage can the devil put a Christian in? Here it is. As much as you allow. Think about it. You can stand at the front door and say, devil, in Jesus' name, get out of here. But if the back door is wide open, hello. Everybody with me. You're being quiet this morning. All right, come on. You're going to be shouting this afternoon. Let's let's warm up this morning, all right? Luke 10, 19 says this. It says, I, the eyes Jesus, have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. That is Jesus' heart for you. That is what Jesus has given to you. But you have to know how to use it and also know the devil's tactics against it, all right? So today I'm gonna talk to you about the occult because the occult is a huge open door for the enemy to gain access or to attack you. And a definition of the occult is this. 
supernatural, mystical, or magical beliefs and practices, and these beliefs and practices tap into demonic power. So even though you have been given the authority of Jesus, if you are a believer, there are things that you can expose yourself to that will give the enemy an advantage. And my heart as your pastor is that you would be wise about these things and close and lock every door. Can somebody in the house say amen? All right, now, when I was a child, somewhere along the way, our family bought a Ouija board. All right, go ahead with that next picture if you will, all right? I had no clue, all right? Every once in a while, my friends would come over and we'd get out this thing and we'd put our fingers on it and we'd just fool around like, uh, who is Jim gonna date? And then we'd push it around to spell Mary or something. I mean, we would, but listen, we had no clue what we were exposing ourselves to. Listen, if that crazy thing would have started moving around on its own, you'd have seen some kids heading out of that house in a hurry, okay? Not only is it called a Ouija board, but it's also called a talking board or a witch's board. Think about that. Who utilizes these things to get advice? Somebody say the dark side. Yeah, the, the occult, all right? So, so interesting. So I got saved at 18 years of age. I remembered that Ouija board up in the attic that we had not touched for years. And uh, it wasn't my Ouija board, it was my parents, but I felt like I was doing a favor. I went up and busted that thing in 100 pieces and threw it out and just said, you know what? This stuff ain't hanging around my house. I got a new identity now. Can you say amen? amen. All right. Now, why, why would you not want to leave an open door for the enemy? Because the Bible says the devil comes only, everybody say only, only. to kill, steal, and destroy. Not the guy you want hanging around. Amen? Isaiah chapter eight, this was the advice the Lord gave to his people. He said, someone might say to you, and certainly they will in today's age, let's ask the mediums and those who consults the spirit of the dead with their whisperings and mutterings, they shall tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Should the living seek guidance from the dead? Everybody say no. Look to God's instructions and teachings. When I was a pastor in Michigan, a mom came to me and she said, Pastor, can you help me? She said, my daughter cannot sleep through the night. It just seems like kind of strange things are happening in the room that keep her awake and, and I don't know what to do. So, so I, I, I asked her about what her daughter had in the room and came to find out that her daughter's room was full of troll dolls. Okay, go to the next slide if you will, all right? Uh, her daughter was a collector of these. And, uh, you know, people don't always look into the background of a lot of things that, that happen, things they have. And the word troll actually means, it's, it's, it's like a Norwegian word, it actually means fiend, demon, or werewolf. Okay, so, so what are you bringing into your kid's room? Think about it. So I said, listen, my advice to you would be to get rid of all the troll dolls, pray over that room, just say, Father, any door we open, we close it in Jesus' name. She did that, she got rid of the troll dolls, she prayed, guess what? Daughter sleeps through the night. Yeah, listen, please don't take lightly what I'm telling you today. I've been, I've been around the block for a while, I've seen things, 
I once led a witch to the Lord and, and dealt with demonic, depressed people. Listen, you do not want to give the devil an open door. He doesn't play. Are you listening today? I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you, all right? If you are a parent, any toy that resembles or looks like a devil or a demon, that's about all you should need to know. Get it out of your house. Deuteronomy 18 says this. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices his son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or is a medium or spiritualist, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Listen, you're here today. Maybe somewhere along the way you were involved in witchcraft. Can I just tell you there's hope for you? Because Jesus wants to save you. He wants to get you out of there. When I, when I led, led a witch to the Lord, and we began to talk about her past, she said, she said, Pastor, when the devil would come, it was probably demons, not the devil, every hair, it was like stark fear entered the room. Now, why would you want to serve somebody who was all about fear? You know what I love about the presence of the Lord? It's just, it's just like a cup of warm, hot love. Come on, somebody. Peace, joy. The fruits of the Spirit are so much greater than what the enemy has to offer. And can I just tell you, you can come out. You can be saved, amen, no matter what you were involved in. I've heard of people going on vacation, maybe, maybe to India. And they visit a Buddhist temple and go to the gift shop and come home with something that looks like this. Okay, and they don't realize they have brought home an idol that was probably dedicated to demons. Hindus worship some 400, three or 400 million gods. And they plant this thing in their house as a remembrance of their trip to India, but don't realize what they've allowed into their house. It's something that attracts demons. Okay, I'm trying to help you this morning. All right, close every door. Amen. Here's what the Lord told the Israelites to do when they entered the land that they were given and it was full of idol worship. Here's what he said in Deuteronomy 7. This is what you are to do to them. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their asherah poles, and burn their idols in the fire. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Now, why do you think the Lord told them to get rid of all that stuff? Because it was all associated with demons. And God says, I want to bless you. In order to bless you, you've got to get rid of what attracts demonic power. Get it out of your house and open the door to my blessing. Can somebody say amen? amen. Now, when I pastored in Michigan, uh, the town I pastored in was right next to Lansing. And uh, every Friday afternoon, now me, I... I pretty much listen to 95.1. I listen to Christian music, or once in a while, I'll turn over and listen to the news to catch up with what's happening. So if I was listening to the news in, in, in Michigan on a Friday afternoon, they had a psychic. And I remember the first time, this was like, I'm like, what are you doing? And you would call the radio station, give them your birthday, and then ask your question. Is, is the person I'm dating the right one? Is my job gonna prosper? And people had no idea they're asking hell for advice. It's quiet in here. 
Okay, you, you don't want to get advice from hell. Okay, does hell care about you? No, hell just wants to take you to hell. That's what hell wants to do. Come on, amen? Listen, if you're here today, you've ever visited a psychic, gone to a fortune teller, involved in any way the Lord convicts you, at the end of the service, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have you come. It's not hard. I'm just gonna say, Lord, I'm sorry. I renounce any association, any open door. I close it in Jesus' name. I am blessed and not cursed. Amen. Listen, you can't hardly go down anywhere, any town, but you find a psychic. $10 for a poem reading. Okay, you, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't be deceived. Well, I need some advice. As, as, if, as if the God of the universe who loves you can't give you everything you need to know if you're his, right? Now, I remember over the years praying for the psychic that was right down the street here. Where is she now? Gone. That's an answer to prayer, all right? Uh, closed up shop, I believe, in answer to our prayers. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3, where should we turn to advice? Proverbs chapter 3 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Can you say amen? James chapter 1, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask, help me, God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. How about horoscopes? That's what they are. Horror scopes. Okay, the Bible, the Bible talks about looking to the stars for advice. Okay? Now, now listen. Somebody says, well, pastor, I just glance at it and just laugh. Not a big deal. The problem is, what happens, in other words, let's say you, you, you read your, your Friday horoscope and it says, don't eat hot dogs. And you're like, <laughs> stupid. So later in the day, you're at Home Depot by the hot dog stand. No, not a hot dog today. In other words, in other words, yeah, you don't believe, but the suggestion affected you. Be careful. Come on, somebody. Be careful. Don't accept advice from hell. Romans 13, 12 says this. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off. Everybody say cast off. Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I read it in Jeremiah. I don't have it in the screen. I read it in Jeremiah in my devotions this week. The Lord, his plans for you are to give you a future and a hope. The God of this universe before you were ever born laid out a plan for your life. It's an awesome plan. You know who wants to get in the way of that plan? You know who wants to mess it up? It's the devil. Come on. And you, you don't really have to worry about it. God's gonna have his way. You just gotta be wise enough to know the distractions and to keep that door closed. Everybody with me? Amen. You say, Pastor, what about curses? Now, we don't deal with this as much in the U.S. It's, it's real. It's more, under, it's more under the radar. You go to Africa. This is, this is huge stuff. I mean, the witch doctor is revered in some of those villages because they know the power that he wells. Where does he get the power from? From the devil. And there are people who are sick in Africa and crippled, and it, it's, all, it's all because of curses that were put on them. So, so let's, say, let's say that 
you're at work and you know, you're, you're telling your, your, your workmates about the, what Jesus is doing in your life and this workmate comes up to you and says, yeah, you know, I'm a witch and, and I'm, I'm gonna come against you. Okay, so what do, what do you do if you're threatened with a curse? Okay, let me help you. First of all, don't take it lightly, okay? You're gonna, you're gonna go to prayer and you're gonna say, Father, I believe according to your word You've given me authority over all the works of darkness. Nothing will harm me, so I'm, I'm laying a hold of that. In Jesus' name, I break any curse directed at me because according to your word, I am blessed and not cursed. Amen. And then let it go. Okay, don't you think over the years, listen, I've been, I've been in ministry almost 40 years. Don't you think over the years I've made somebody mad at me on the dark side that gets together with some friends and says, we're gonna, we're gonna curse that pastor. We're gonna stop that work, all right? Now, I can't say I do this every day, but every once in a while, I just say, Father, if there's anybody out there that's directing a curse towards me or towards Easter or something in my family, I just break that thing in Jesus' name. I am blessed and not cursed. I don't walk in fear over these things, but I do recognize that they're real. I stand on God's word, and God protects me. It's just that simple, and he'll do the same for you. Amen? Just got to be wise about these things. Amen? All right. If you don't think the battle is real, I want you to look at these pictures. I ran across these this week. All right? This is in Dillsburg, PA. Dillsburg is not that far away, and it's hard to believe a little town like Dillsburg, this is happening in, okay? You can take your kid to the Hellion Academy of Independent Learning, where they will give you an education, your children, an education with Satan. I mean, it's not even hidden. They're just flat out saying, bring your kid here. We can hand him over to the devil. Now, you would think even somebody who doesn't know Jesus would be smart enough to say, that's the place I won't be taking my kids. Or how about this one? All right. Next slide. High School Satan Club launching this week in Kansas. Now, listen, if your teenager comes to you and say, hey, they started a new Satan club at high school. Can I go? All right. Be smart about these things. Amen? Let's talk about false religions. Any religion that does not believe that Jesus Christ is God is a false religion and has its roots in the devil's kingdom. 2 John 1, 7 says this. Many deceivers, everybody say many, many, who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist, okay? What I'm saying is there, there is demonic activity involved with false religion. If you don't believe that, take some time to investigate what Hamas did when they went into Israel, and you will realize that only people under the influence of demons could do some of the things that were done. You don't have to like it. I'm just telling you the truth. Amen? All right. 1 Timothy 4.1, going along with that. The Spirit says that in the latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Can, can I help you how that's working in, in, in today's world? Say, go ahead, Pastor. You come to church today. You say, that, that pastor's too strong. If I, want a, if I want a Ouija board, I'm gonna have the Ouija board. I'll go to another church that believes what I believe. 
Okay, you're in trouble right there. Because the purpose of coming to church, to going to a church, is not finding a church that agrees with what you do. The purpose of going to church is to find a church that preaches the word of God in its entirety and loves you enough to tell you what you might not want to hear, but that God wants you to hear, okay? And what is happening in today's world is people are going to a church. The pastor says something they don't like. Now listen, I don't, I don't ask that you agree with me everything I say. Sometimes I give my opinion. I mean, you, you might be a Kansas City fan. You're welcome here today. We love you. You know what I'm saying? And, and there, there's times when I'm preaching that I'll say, this is my opinion. Or I'll say, you know, this isn't real clear in God's word. This is what I think. You might think differently. But there are many things that are crystal clear. I mean, it's, it's not once in the Bible. It's 10 times. It's 20 times. I mean, it's, it, it's very clear. And our goal as believers is not to make the Bible agree with what I believe. It's to let my beliefs be formed by what the Bible says. This is God talking. Amen? So it's okay to be uncomfortable in church because sometimes the word will, will seek to dislodge your false belief system. Let God do it. Say, Lord, I'm going to choose to agree with you. Amen? All right. Let's talk about music. Music is very spiritual. Okay, very spiritual. When I first got saved, some of you have heard this before, but for newcomers, I got saved and I, I came to know the Lord 18 years of age and I began to examine some of the music I was listening to. One of the groups I really liked was a group called Sticks. Okay, uh, now you would think even before I was saved, I would see something like this and say, boy, I think that's probably an evil association. No, listen, how many know before you were saved, you were stupid? I mean, you didn't have a clue about spiritual things, right? All right, four of you agree with me, all right? Um, Styx is the mythical river that runs through hell. It's like, I, I wanna tap into the river of God. So out went sticks. Now, many of my friends in high school, I, I was not a big fan of, but many of my friends were really into Black Sabbath, okay? I know I'm dating myself here, but Black Sabbath had an album called Born Again. Now, by looking at the picture, you would realize that they're not talking about being born again by Jesus. And Black Sabbath had a, had a kind of a history of giving satanic altar calls at their concerts, okay? All right, now, now, now listen, let me help you with this. Satan has not always been Satan or the devil. Who was the devil in ages past? He was an angel. Most believe that his name prior to his fall was Lucifer, and that Lucifer was one of three archangels. There was Lucifer, there was Michael, and there was Gabriel. And many believe that of the three, Lucifer held the highest position in heaven. He is described in Ezekiel 28 as the anointed cherub that covereth. And there are those who, who it talks about the, 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 the devil with his timbrels and pipes, and many interpret that to mean that he was the angelic choir director. So if the devil was once the angelic choir director, do you think he knows what music glorifies God and what music does not glorify God. And do you think he'd love to fill people's minds with that which doesn't glorify God? Yes. Now listen. I understand there is, I'll call it neutral music. Uh, you're home with your wife and 
you know, you want to get in a romantic mood, so you put on a nice love song. It's not necessarily a Christian song per se, but, but or, you know, you're a country person and you're, you know, thank God I'm a country boy, you know, you're at the Orioles game. And, and I'm not saying that all secular music is evil. Everybody hear what I just said? But it's really not too hard to discern if you just start to listen to what they're singing. And these aren't lyrics to songs. I'm just making these up. You know, leave your wife and find someone else. That might be a good clue that the song you're listening to is really not good to feed on. Jump off a bridge and do it today. Come on, somebody. I mean, I mean, are are you listening to me? You know, do you even discern what you're allowing in? Young people, do you discern what you're allowing in uh, because there's stuff that is straight from hell? And then, then parents wonder why their teenagers struggle so much with rebellion when all the music they listen to feeds it. And it just got real quiet in here. Amen? Amen. Now, I am totally out of touch with today's music. To- totally. I mean, I, I, I myself choose to listen to worship music because I just love to worship God, all right? So thank God for Google. So I Googled. Popular artists of Generation Z. And on my list, the number one that came up, this might be different on different lists, was Billie Eilish. Okay? Uh, popular female artist. All right? I'm not going to have you raise your hand if you listen to Billie Eilish. But this is one of her songs. Okay? I was just, just curious. All right? It's called All Good Girls Go to Hell. Okay? This, this is what Generation Z. All right? All the good girls go to hell. First of all, is that a true statement? No. Because even God herself, that's a new age thought, that God is a female, not true, always a male in the Bible, has enemies. And once the water starts to rise and heaven's out of sight, she'll want the devil on her team. Next one. My Lucifer is lonely. There's nothing left to save now. In other words, I'm beyond hope, so I might as well go side with the devil. My God is going to owe me. There's nothing left to save now. And then you wonder why you say to a young people, man, you can be saved. No, I can't. I'm beyond hope. Where'd you get that thought from? Where'd that come from? Come on, church. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. Now, listen, this is, this is important. I'm going to slow down. This is really important. There is grace for you and for me for what we are exposed to as we walk around this earth. How many of you have some cursing workmates? Okay. All right, now listen, you, you can't control what other people do, so that exposes us to things. You're over at somebody's house, and they're listening to what they listen to on the radio. I believe there is grace for us for what we are exposed to that is not our choice. I believe God can protect us. God can help us. God can protect your ears because you're not choosing this. This is, this is because you're inhabitant of the earth and you're, and you're walking around. Everybody still with me? Okay. Uh, you say, well, is it going to defile me or my cursing workmates? I, I mean, you know, you could ask them, but, but you can't ultimately control what they do. So God is able to give you grace for what you have to endure as an inhabitant of the earth who loves Jesus. However, everybody say however. What you willingly choose to take in. That can open a door. 
Because now you've made the choice. What music you listen to. What TV shows you watch. Many other decisions that you make. Come on, somebody. Amen. James 4, 7 says this. Submit yourselves then to the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen? Amen. Listen, if you are newly saved and you haven't got some hand, your hands yet on some good Christian music, there is Christian music from, for every genre you could ever imagine. Just need to look for it. Amen? Amen. Isaiah 40, 31. Let's skip to that if we could, please. Isaiah 40, 31. Two, two down. Those who wait on the Lord. Everybody say, wait on the Lord. You know, you know one of the greatest needs of Christians today? It's, to wait. it's just to wait on the Lord. Isn't it amazing that you will go home at three o'clock today and you will watch a three and a half hour football game and you won't complain, but let the pastor go over 10 minutes. Follow the pastor's advice and say, hey, why don't you take a few moments before you go that way and come to the altar? Come on, come on. Could, could it be the fact that we're so impatient with the things of God that we're not receiving the strength that he has for us? For those who wait in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen? All right, one more. We're, 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 we're beginning to land a plane. I want to talk to you about drugs, okay? Drugs, you, you get into devil worship, there's always drugs involved. Why? Because drugs lessen the threshold of defense to the demonic. I'm gonna try this side. Drugs, drugs dampen your defense because you're not in your right mind it puts you in a state that lowers your defense system against the, the enemy's ability to attack. And when I'm talking about drugs, I'm not talking about aspirin or Tylenol. You know what I'm talking about, right? Amen. Look, look at this verse in the Bible, Galatians chapter five. Do you know the Bible actually associates drugs with witchcraft? Say, show me, pastor. Good, I'm gonna show you. Right here it is. Galatians five says this. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. The Greek word for witchcraft, I have it in parentheses there, is the Greek word pharmakia, from which we get our English word pharmacy, a place that hands out drugs. In Revelation chapter 18, it says this, your merchants were the world's great men. By your magic spell, anybody want to guess what the Greek word is there? All the nations were led astray. Could it be in the last days so many people are involved in the drug trade and taking drugs? Hint, hint, marijuana. That it lowers their defense and causes them to believe and do things that they wouldn't normally do. Man, it's quiet in here. Come on, somebody. Can, can, I just, can I just tell you the truth today? Now listen, I, I was a weekend partier before I got saved. I went to Penn State. I was a weekend partier because, you know, this, this world, when you don't know Jesus, you're looking for something to fill, something to feel good. Can I tell you that when I met Jesus, I realized 
that he was the greatest feel good this world ever had to offer. Because he has a peace that lasts. Man, on Saturday morning, I'd wake up with regrets of what I did on Sunday night. I've never gone home on a Sunday afternoon and said, man, I regret that worshiping God stuff. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I go home happy because Jesus is good. Aren't you glad? How many of you are grateful that God's helping you with a sound mind to ingest good things? Amen. God help us to see it. Amen. Amen. Let me, let me close. Worship team, if you're going to come and help me. So Paul established a church in the city of Ephesus, which I think if you're going to visit Ephesus today, you'd have to go to Greece. And um, Ephesus, people were, people were getting saved. And some of the people in the church were involved in witchcraft. But initially, they didn't really see their need, I guess, to get rid of the scrolls and the formulas, and maybe they thought they could have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. But something happened. I'm going to tell you what happened. There was in Ephesus a group of Jewish exorcists who, if you were a Jew and you were having demon problems, you would go and see these Jewish exorcists. Now, I don't know how on earth you try to drive out a demon without Jesus, I guess you can wave stuff and you can shout stuff and you can try whatever you want. But when these Jewish experts heard about Paul using the name of Jesus, they realized that what Paul had was much greater than what they had. So they said to themselves, you know what? The next time we get around someone who we believe is demon-possessed, we're going to try this name of Jesus thing. The problem was these Jewish exorcists did not know Jesus. You understand, they, they were trying it as a formula and didn't have the protection of Jesus because they didn't know Jesus. So they get, they get around this, this demon-possessed guy and they say, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, come out. And the demons say, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? So they, the demon-possessed man attacks these Jewish exorcists. If you read the story, they basically run out of the house naked. Well, word, how I many know a story like that will get around? You don't, you don't need the Baltimore Sun for that story to get around, all right? Word, word of mouth, all right? And here's what happened in the church in Ephesus. Pick it up in Acts 19. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, the reality of, of the spiritual battle. And the name of the Lord was held in high honor. Verse 18. Many of those who believed came and openly confessed their evil deeds. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls. What do you think was on those scrolls? All the potions and spells and all those things. And burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. When I looked that up, it said about $32,000. No small thing. In this way, the word of the Lord spread and widely grew in power. Okay, what enabled the word of God to spread so powerfully in Ephesus? Listen, believers closed the back door. I'm gonna try this side. Believers closed the back door. They said, said, I'm wise to the devil's tracks. I'm I'm gonna pay more attention to the music that I listen to. I'm going to guard that TV show 
Uh, listen, if you're watching to television and every episode is this guy's with another girl who ditches that person to get with that person and ends up over here, and then you wonder why you struggle with immorality, hello. Can I say it again? What you're exposed to, because you're an inhabitant of this earth walking around, there's grace for. But what you choose to ingest, you're responsible for. And it opened doors. Let's go to Ephesians chapter six, last verse. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Let me tell you a story that just came to me. I know I said we were ending. Be, be, be patient with me. We're good. When I was a youth pastor in Elkhart, Indiana, this teenager came to me. She was, she was very, very party hardy. And she had heard me talk about some of these things. And she said, can I talk to you, Pastor Ed? She said, I don't think you, you're going to believe me. But I'm going to tell you because I'm scared. I'm really scared and I just need to talk to somebody. And you seem to understand more than others. She said, she said when me and my friends get together to party, there's been this little person showing up at some of the parties. And I saw him, other people saw him. We didn't think too much about it till one day that little person jumped into one of the teenagers. So we're scared out of our wits. What's going on? I said, that's a demon. You, you've opened this stuff. This stuff is real. Come on. How many believe? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. If we could open our eyes and see what's around us right now, and you'd see some angels standing here, and you'd see some demons running around, you'd run to this altar, and you'd say, God, protect me. Jesus, it's real. The mind games that you struggle it's evidence that the battle is real. Some of, the, some of the dark things you feel going on in your life is evidence that the battle is real. Okay? Somebody here today, your first step is to open the door of your heart and let Jesus in. You have no defense against the powers of this world until you come in Christ. Because on the cross, Christ openly defeated the devil took back from him the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Come on, somebody. And when you receive Jesus, he comes in, and he comes in to save you, to forgive you, and to help you to understand this battle so you can win. Matter of fact, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. I want to ask you a question today. Everybody in this room, whether it's your first time here or your 50th time here, I want to ask you, are you right with God? There's two people who know the answer to that question, you and God. Are you right? Another way to put it is, who, who has the control of your life? And if you say, well, well, I do. Well, if you do, how can Jesus? Come on. Do you have him and does he have you? And I just so happen to believe that you're here today to hear what I have to say. Because God loves you. Jesus died for you. He doesn't want you to be harassed 
by the demons and foolishness of this world. He wants you to be safe in his arms where he can protect you, where he can love on you, where he can ultimately give you the home he created for you in heaven. But there's something you have to do. You have to open the door of your heart. You have to invite him in. You have to turn away from and to him. I'm looking for someone here today that says, Pastor, you're talking just to me. I'm the one who's in need of opening the door of my heart and receiving Jesus. Listen a minute, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand as a sign that I'm talking to you, that this is this is that, that you want to do this. Please do not, do not say, well, what's somebody gonna think? But well, this is between you and the Lord. This is the most important decision. The most the two most important days of my life were the day I was born and the day I was born again. God wants that day, that born again day to be today. I already saw a hand go up. Someone else. I see a hand in the back. Others here today. Come on. Just lift them up at me. Just let, let me make sure I see him. Balcony, where are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You may put those hands down. And put your hand down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in prayer. Matter of fact, look, can, we, can we do this today? I, I, I just mean business today. Listen, if, if you raise your hand, would you just come and meet me here? I want to pray with you right here. Everybody's going to cheer you on. Everybody's going to be so happy. Come on, just, just come right here, right now, in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Come on. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Come on. Bless you. Come on, it's not too late. If you, if you didn't raise your hand and you say, I wish I would have, come on. I'm, I'm going to ask some of our leaders, come on, just to, just to huddle around them here. Would you do that, honey? Come on, others, Tim, Mandy, deacons, come on, just come. You just, just, just come put a hand on them. Now look at me for a second. I'm going to pray as if I was you. Because 43 or 44 years ago, I was 18 years old, and I was the one who got convicted in a service like this, and I knew that I needed Jesus. That day changed my world. It changed my life because when I asked Jesus to come in, he did. I've never been the same. And what he did for me, he'll do for you. He's no respecter of persons. So I want you to just pray with me right now. I want you to just say, dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned and that I need you. Right now, I turn away from sin. I turn to you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. And right now, I open the door of my heart. Get ready. Come in, Jesus. Wash me clean. And with your empowerment, I'll live for you all my days. Now, now listen, those of you who are behind them, I want you to say a prayer for them.